Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, if it's your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, uh, I am host Jim Ventura. I am a uh, oracle reader, a navigational consultant, an author, teacher. I work with lots of different types of oracles, astrology, numerology, uh, tarot, things of that nature, and uh, I've got a couple of books under my belt. Uh, information about me is on my website, and uh, which you can find right on the show page here. And um, uh, we run our uh, snake oil show every Thursday. Well, I should say almost every Thursday. <laughs> occasionally, I, I take a vacation, so occasionally we're off one of those. Anyway, this is uh, my second uh, show of the month, and as usual, for our second show of the month, we always do an interview show, so um, I am uh, very happy to have a um, an herbalist um, on our show today. Her name is Andrea Sherman, and I'd like to welcome Andrea to the show. Thank hey, you. Andrea, you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? I am good. I I can't complain. I got my cup of coffee, which is mostly decaf, and because uh, it's getting a little late, and uh, and I'm ready to uh, really uh, get to uh, pick an herbalist head at this point in the game. I actually have not had an herbalist on uh, the show ever, so I'm 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 happy to be able to do so. I really want to introduce a lot of these ideas to uh, a lot of my listeners. So um, let's start off a little bit by um, asking, uh, you know, how you you kind of got into this field. Let's see if we can do a little background check here. Okay, well, actually, I'll start with a brief story. Um, a long time ago, well, uh, about 15 years ago, I my whole life I was sick and uh, just on again, off again, respiratory infections. I was I have asthma, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and I was just always dizzy and sick and on 10 different medications. And every time I went to the doctor, they just, you know, um, I said, oh, I had this symptom or that symptom. They just kept giving me more. And I had no idea about natural medicine or herbal medicine. And one day, uh, a friend of mine from class said, "You, I'm just tired of hearing you say that you're sick all the time. You need to, um, you're, you're coming to my doctor with me. And, his, and her doctor was a naturopath. I never even heard of a naturopath before. And um, I went to him, and he immediately said, first things first, get off all your medication, and we're going to change your life. I got off all my medication, and they did vitamin IVs um, for the next few months, and it was almost like a wilted flower turned into a blooming flower. And it really, really opened my eyes to see, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that doctors have been keeping me sick all these years and not any fault of theirs. I'm sure that that's their training. But... Um, I, you know, they just didn't know. They didn't know about nutrition. They didn't know, you know, to recommend exercise and nutrition and sleep and drinking enough water and and eating healthy and not eating sugar um, and using herbal medicine as a way to keep you healthy. And in the last 15 years or so, I've totally turned my life around. I rarely, 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 if ever, get sick. And that has totally convinced me that, um, that, uh, that herbal medicine works and natural medicine and just taking care of your body. You know, preventative medicine is the cure for all illness. Absolutely. You can prevent prevent cancer, you can prevent all different things and it's just you know it works. It really works. And that's uh, how I kind of started to in, into using herbal medicine. And then I started studying and when I was going through school um, after I finished my bachelor's degree I went and signed up for a complementary medicine and wellness graduate degree at Oakland University in Michigan, um, and that taught me so much for the next year and a half, and I started studying more and more, and then I moved to Phoenix, and I did an um, internship in EEZ Biofeedback, and I wanted to learn more about herbal medicine and um, advance my knowledge in that, so I went to um, I went and took courses um, and completed a two-and-a-half-year program in herbal medicine, and it's just totally changed my life. I've reversed every illness I've had. Um, I, like I said, I don't get sick anymore. And if I even hear of somebody that the flu is in, in the air, I immediately juice, throw garlic in there, and I don't get sick. Right. So that's kind of my story of how I got into it, and it's changed my life. 
Excellent. Well, um, I have a couple of things I want to uh, interject with this, too. Uh, just by the way, for anybody listening, uh, I'm in about 20 minutes or so, about a little over halfway through, about almost halfway through the show. I'm going to open up the phone lines. So if you have some specific questions about um, health, wellness, anything of that nature, uh, you can uh, direct those toward Andrea, and she'll, she'll do her best to answer those. I'll wait a little bit before I open the phone lines uh, for that purpose and continue on with the interview for a little bit first. But we do have a full hour so we should have no problem getting to any of the questions that anyone may have today. Um, so, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about this, too, because one of the things that I caught and, and heard you say that um, is, is certainly of interest to me in that sense is, you know, it, it sounded like to me you said that all medicine is really, um, is really uh, preventative um, in terms of, of health and wellness anyway. Um, I always say, uh, actually, we have a little bit of a parallel here because I was actually somewhat of a somewhat sickly child as well, too. Um, uh, I didn't have asthma, but I did have, uh, you know, real severe uh, allergies. And also, I, would, I always used to say, I used to catch every cold that went around. I was the cold catcher in that sense. Right. Well, and, in Michigan, uh, it's accepted that? that in Michigan, it's just accepted that if you get five or six colds a year, it's normal. Yeah. I thought that too. I had bronchitis every year. I had five or six colds a year. I got the flu. I was always sick, and it was just accepted as normal. And on my on Facebook, all my friends constantly, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. But then I also see them put them, you know, posting on in their comments. Got a dozen donuts today. Yeah, I woke up with coffee today. That's the only way I can yeah. get my day started. You know, so right. Kind of put two and two together. <laughs> yeah, you can you can piece those together. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I, you know, I certainly ate um, a lot of crap when I was younger on top of it, too, so I know that. It certainly didn't have much to do with any type of, of health maintenance. Um, uh, but, you know, I think that, um, uh, you know, one of the things about – I'm in complete agreement with you, anyway, by the way, about um, about it all being preventative. I always say I am a, a happy hypochondriac because I, I'm very, very conscientious and aware when anything is off within the body in that sense. In other words, I mean, like, I'll, you know, if, if, if my pee is too orange in that <laughs> sense or something, I'm, I'm conscious of that. If my, you know, if my bowel movement is off kilter, if I notice that there's a shift in my sleep in that sense, I'm immediately aware, and I always begin to then think, what do I need to do to solve this and to repair in that sense? And it's funny, you probably get a kick out of this, it's funny because I, I can even remember being, you know, starting some of this type of logic even by the time I was like 12 and 13. I remember sometimes being in school and talking about it with other people about, hey, you know, I'm thinking that, you know what I mean, my mucus is, to, is you know, from this cold that I have is, 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 is really thick. or You know what I mean? Like, and people would be like, God, you're disgusting. But I, <laughs> I always thought of it in a different way. I thought it was like sort of wise in that sense. And you begin to seek out what you need to, to repair it. In that sense, and I think that we have a you know a system in place in many ways that a lot of people are not really really trained necessarily to do that. In that sense, they right. wait till something's already gone wrong, you know, completely. That would be my first suggestion to people, though, is to become aware. You know, if, even if you have to write it down to remind yourself, become aware of every single thing so that you you know what your head should feel like, what your nasal passages should feel like, what your heart should feel like, what your all movements that look like. I mean, Dr. Oz actually does a great job of teaching people <laughs> about awareness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's. I guess it's always sort of funny to me that that people, again, kind of don't do that. I think I was predisposed that. I, you know, I, I from an astrological angle, I, I call it having a lot of Virgo in your chart, in that sense. So it makes you, you know, uh, kind of a fixer <laughs> in your disposition. But uh, that said. Um, I know, uh, like I said, I, I find it very, very interesting uh, that, again, a lot of people don't necessarily think that way and are, are, are not necessarily um, uh, thinking in those terms, especially because, I, and I, I think that there's certainly good that comes out of modern medicine as well, too, except that, like I know even for me, um, one of the ways, I, by the way, I, I almost never get sick anymore. Um, uh, that, that's something that, that really ended a lot also for me. But um, I know that I have a uh, you know a tendency again to kind of seek out and resolve the moment I see anything off kilter. Even um, like uh, my allergies are, are far less dramatic than they were when I, when I was younger. I would say it's probably ten oh, percent you know in comparison to what I had. 
Right, that's exactly the um, thing for me. Yeah, and I, I, that, I, that, uh, that healing largely came uh, through, through acupuncture and also through Chinese herbology that I also did as well. And it's funny because I will, you know, people will be going through the allergy seasons here and I'll, you know, and I'll say, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll ask, you know, if, I'm, if I blow my nose or something, and they'll say, you know, what are you taking? I'm like, I'm not taking anything. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean, what am I taking? You do realize it only masks the, actually, I have such an extreme response to even over-the-counter medicine that I don't like the way it feels when you take them. I feel like you, you might get rid of the runny nose, but then you have about 16 other things that are off kilter that don't oh, feel natural to me. I can't even take anything like that. Even when I had I had a C-section, and when I had my C-section, I refused all pain medications. They thought I was crazy. But I had to obviously have a spinal because <laughs> they were cutting me open. And I felt it because I haven't had medication in my body in probably over 10 years, any kind, not even a headache pill. And so any kind of synthetic chemicals, I mean, everything I do, everything I eat is plants. I mean, I, I eat meat. But everything I, you know, put on my body, I don't use any lotions or any hair things. I don't clean my house with any chemicals. Everything I, I pretty much make at home, or if I buy it, it has to have ingredients that are all plant-based ingredients. So I'm not right. used to any chemicals in my, in my body or on my body. Yeah, it, it's a it's a definite um, uh, it's, it's a definite uh, change of, of a, a way to be. And I think a lot of times people think it's difficult to do it. Um, no. To, to be able to, you know, to be that body conscientious in that sense. But uh, I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that either, um, uh, that it's, it's difficult. Actually. And less expensive, actually. People think that it's expensive to use natural medicine, to use herbal medicine, to clean with, you know, natural products. It's not because it's especially, like, for example, I washed my entire house pretty much with vinegar, water, and lemon. And do you know that how cheap that is? <laughs> it's very, very inexpensive, right. and it gets the job done, and there's no chemicals left behind. It's safe for your children. It's safe for your dogs, as opposed to the, you know, you buy a bottle of Windex or you buy, um, you know, a thing of Pine Sol, and it's like three sixty nine for a for a thing right. of Pine Sol, where you could make it for like $0.30, cents, and it's easy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Like I said, I, w- I would have to agree. I think that... I, I always, I guess, I'd see where you are with this too, because I always laugh because I'm, I'm always like fascinated when I see soaps and things that that to say that they're um, that advertise that it's like an, um, antibacterial soaps and things of that nature. Um, and I'm always laughing because I think, isn't that what soap is anyway? Right. To some extent, right. right. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's almost, you know, it's like. It's almost like ordering, getting a, you know, buying a bag of sugar and saying, and with sugar. <laughs> well, here's the thing that I always tell people. Everybody always says, but it says all natural on the package. <laughs> no, yeah. my first my first um, uh, assignment to anybody who asked me to help them um, either lose weight or eat more healthily or you know get on herbal medicine or help you know help them fix you know repair something is go through your entire house and you read every single label on every single package. And anything that you that, that you don't recognize the ingredients, you throw it in the garbage. That's your first assignment, and that's your first step in getting healthy. Right. Nothing. Good, nothing that yeah, says on the front idea. package. I don't care if it says all natural. I don't care if it says lavender oil added. It's not. If you read the back of it, sometimes you see packages that say um, no trans fats, and in the back of the package, the ingredient says hydrogenated oils. <laughs> right. And absolutely, because I, I, again, I think that again for a lot of people, it it it, it seems like it would be um, a tremendous amount of work, or that it's difficult. But I don't think so either. I know when I go shopping, of course, I'm like I'm the label reader, pretty compulsively in that sense. Um, I always, uh, <laughs> I am, I, I take a little bit longer, and I look at the labels, and and uh, sometimes I'm. In fact, I was in in Fry's shopping uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I I almost blew a casket because every single thing I tried to buy um, had um, corn syrup in it, <laughs> and it was even stuff to me like it was like bread. And I, and I you know, and there's my joke about this. I always think to myself, why are we um, why are we uh, you know what what is the point of adding corn syrup to bread? I think like if you 
if you went back to like the 1400s, wasn't bread like delicious without corn <laughs> syrup added to it? I mean, why did you, what do you have to do that for? But I wonder if it's somewhat of a preservative as well and other dynamics that are that are in that. But I mean, it it, it literally it's amazing to me that it can be in, in almost anything in that sense. Uh, one of my little pet peeves, which is also why I think so many people are fat. All right. Well, I went grocery shopping, and here's something that people probably don't know. And this is at Whole Foods. I went to Whole Foods last week in search of cereal. I've kind of been in a cereal kick lately, and I wanted to, um, just, you know, get a get some cereal. I looked through every single package of cereal on Whole Foods shelf. Even there was one that didn't have some sort of sweetener in it, whether right. it was sugar or even if it's organic sugar or evaporated cane juice or whatever. There was one cereal. It was the Arrowhead Mills Camet Flakes <laughs> on the entire shelf. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, cause sugar, people don't realize, is is a nightmare. When you're trying to lose weight, if you have cancer, if you have a lot of other illnesses, sugar breeds bacteria. If you're sick, if you have the flu, if you have a cold and, and you want to get better, you don't eat anything with sugar <laughs> because sugar is actually feeding your bacteria and making it worse. Really? But, Doctors don't tell you that because they don't know that. That that's actually very interesting. You know what? I I sometimes will um will crave sugar when I have a cold. I, and and I can say this, and I love saying this because it's honest and it's awesome, which is so rare that I have a freaking cold. But you know, <laughs> on occasion when one pops up, and they will pop up maybe every two or three years or so, I'll get a, I might get a cold. Sometimes I crave sugar. Only because I think it's more that I, if when some, like when I get a cold, a lot of times my taste buds are off, and I want to be able to taste something. Well, and it that's, also that's probably my only pull. Looking for food. What's that? The bacteria, the bacteria in your body is looking for food, and it and it thrives on sugar, so that that could be why your body is craving. Right. Sugar. Actually, that's very interesting. That's very it's very interesting information for me. I think I'm going to have to make a point to avoid that. Um, I don't think I'm going to probably get hit with a cold for a couple of years, but I'll keep that in the back of my mind, too, to to uh, not necessarily pull that in, again, just because I want to taste maybe, uh, you know what I mean? Like I said, it's a little bacteria trick there. But, you know, you brought up something that I think I, I would like to ask you about um, that I think a lot of listeners would probably appreciate because you had mentioned um, uh, weight loss and um, that dynamic, and uh, maybe you could uh, explain a little bit to our listeners um you know, how herbology and um, healthy eating can contribute to that. Well, like I said, the first thing that I would totally do is make sure that you read every single label and everything in your house, edible, non-edible, because you don't really realize what's in your food. And high fructose corn syrup makes you gain weight. Sugar makes you gain weight. Um, And hydrogenated oils make you gain weight. And they also destroy your immune system. Um, but there are many herbs that help you lose weight. Uh, they're weight loss aids. It's not like you could just take the magic herb and sit on your um, on your sofa and watch TV every night. Um, the dynamic to losing weight. Um, and after I had my baby, I lost actually five pounds more than I started. <laughs> I lost about forty-five pounds um, within wow. uh, a, you know maybe four or five months. Because the minute I could exercise, I, uh, that I was able to exercise, I said, okay. <laughs> My first question was, when can I go back to ballet class? <laughs> um, but exercise, eating healthy, sleeping right, um, drinking a lot of water. If you drink water the first thing in the morning, usually even with lemon especially, it helps you to burn calories the rest of the day. Um, I mean, everything all works in tandem. It's not uh, You can't just eat healthy and not exercise. You can't just exercise and not eat healthy. Um, there are several herbs. There's chickweed, garcinia, um, several herbs that are aids to into losing weight and um, and also depending on what the problem might be. I mean, if you might have a weight problem because you have a thyroid problem. You might have a weight problem because you have a nervous habit you know, of eating. So it could, depending on why the weight is there. So what I would do is do a full assessment, and we would try to address any problems where the root cause is, whether it's emotional, psychological, physical uh, problem. We would address every system of the body, the respiratory system, the digestive system, because all your systems of your body work together. 
not just one. In regular medicine, they tend to focus on one system of your body and try to give you band-aids to cover up any symptoms that you have. In holistic medicine, we focus on every area of the body, every system of the body, because they all work together. If you don't make time to go to the bathroom every day, that's one, that's one thing I actually come across a lot. Well, I don't have time. I'm busy or I'm, um, you know, I took this oil that you told me to take, but it makes me go to the bathroom and, you know, at work I really don't have, I don't want to have to go to the bathroom at these people's house or I don't, you know, or, or at my office or whatever. Well, I don't care because if you don't go to the bathroom on a regular basis, you are not going to lose weight. You need to have a healthy digestive system in order for all the rest of your systems to work and all of your systems have to work together to make one healthy whole person. Um, so that's what I would do. I would just do a full assessment um, and we would see maybe which formula of herbs. There's a lot of herbs. Not one herb works for one thing. Hudia is, a, um, is an herb that is supposed to be for weight loss. But you actually, work, herbs work better in combination. So we would come across a formula of herbs that would help each individual person. Holistic medicine also treats people as individual people, not, you know, I read this in a book that, that is true for, you know, 100 million people, like regular medicine, that, so this must be true for you also. Holistic medicine treats people as individuals, and we would work on that uh, specifically. Right. Did I answer your question? <laughs> Multi-pronged approach. Um, interesting. You know what? Let me let me interject here for just a moment. Um, where we're we're coming through close to getting close to the halfway mark of the show. So I want to throw a phone number up here. Um, uh, if anybody would like to uh, ask Andrea uh, a question, um, feel free to call in. The, the uh, call in number here is six four six two hundred three nine six six. Again, that number is six four six two hundred three nine six six. You're also well. Uh, you're also welcome to ask any questions in the chat room if you're if you're in there. I see a couple of people already in our chat room, so feel free also to uh, ask questions that way. And I can I, I can ask Andrea if you prefer not to call in, but uh, that is the call in number. So absolutely for the next uh, half hour, so you're welcome to call in if you have any questions. Otherwise, we can continue on with our discussion here, and I'll throw that phone number back up again in a little bit. Actually, you know, Andrew, you 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 did say something, uh, a couple of different things that that had a little trigger, of course, in in my mind. Um, I, I remember many many years ago, the first time I actually went to an herbalist myself, um, I had a concern that I thought there was something wrong with me because I did, um, you know, often I, I always I've actually always drank a, a fair amount of water anyway kind of naturally in that sense, it's just, especially when I moved to Arizona 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> duh. You know what I mean? To me, it was sort of, <laughs> I didn't, it wasn't brain surgery, you know what I mean? I, it was kind of an obvious thing. Yeah, I might need to drink more water. It's hotter. But, um, so I pee a lot in that sense, you know, not in any way that was troublesome. But one thing that had concerned me, and it was actually an herbalist that helped me with this, is I, I thought it was really weird that, for the most part, within an hour or two after I eat a meal, I would have a bowel movement. And so sometimes I'd have, you know, two, three, four a day. And I, I said that to my herbalist, uh, to an herbalist I went to, and she said to me, she said, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. That's, like, natural. You're not supposed to, like, go to the bathroom once every three days. Said, that's, <laughs> right. like, natural. And I was like, here I am thinking I'm a complete weirdo. And it turns <laughs> I out I was actually normal. <laughs> There's a lot of people uh, that will say, oh, I just don't have time. Well, do you make time to brush yes. your teeth in the morning? Do you make time to take a shower every day? Most mm -hmm. people make time for that because because they don't want their appearance to be bad or they don't want to smell. But actually, I mean, like I stopped wearing deodorant a few years ago, and people are like, "Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, well, I don't smell anymore." Because if you treat your body right and you eat healthfully, right, um, and you don't take synthetic medications, you know, unless it's you know, if you have something that's genetic, I totally I wanted to put that disclaimer out there right now. Um, if it's genetic and there's not there, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. You can make it. Any disease, yes, it might be genetic, but you can make it the best that it possibly can be for your genetic purpose. But, um, but there are things that obviously, you know, if you have a brain tumor due to, you know, your, your whole family had it, then obviously you can't treat that successfully. But you can make it the best you can that it can be. Yeah, I, make, I definitely believe that. Right? You, you cha you're changing the chemistry in, in terms of the way your, your your body responds, and actually, you know, you even said another thing that's interesting too, because I always 
this is one of the things that I always notice when, when people are complaining to me about weight gain and having difficulty with with excess fat. Um, you know, uh, one, uh, you know, I'm completely agreeing with you that way. You have to kind of combine a few things. You do have to exercise. There's things that you obviously have to do to do that, um, you know, to keep that all in balance. But one of the things that I always notice with people, to me, that's so obvious, and I think a lot of people don't get it, is I always say, don't take heavy caloric intake through liquids. Like, hmm. you know, even like when I, I my, that's my complaint, like I'll go into Starbucks or something and I'll get a coffee. And for me, I, I mean, I actually get a coffee. And I don't, I don't put sugar in my coffee. I put like a drop of cream in my coffee, and that's like my coffee intake. And I'm always amazed at the things people order. They'll order these like mocha, caramel, um, <laughs> cappuccino things. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, of course, what dawns on me is, I mean, it, it looks delicious, although my perception of that is it's like a, a freaking liquid milkshake. I would be really anyway in that sense, and and what is that like seven hundred, nine hundred calories that you're taking in in a liquid? Not only you that, know, so but I would be sick with all the sugar and in there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it's 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 pretty horrific, and I, I I think it's funny. Like I said, I don't think people make that um, perception. You know, I mean that connective in their mind in that sense that you're drinking calories. That sense. I I personally would rather have a piece of cheesecake once in a blue moon, as opposed to a liquid. You know, um, Sunday in that sense, and then consider the thirst cruncher. So, all the pop, all the pop, the soda that people drink. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Talk about yeah, liquid calories, and I don't care if it's diet this or diet that. There's something in it that makes you gain weight anyway. Yeah. It. it <laughs> you know what? I. I it was funny for me because. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I stopped drinking soda when I was about 22. Um, and I just forced myself to really primarily only drink water. Once in a while, I would have tea or coffee, or you know, if I was out, I might have a glass of wine or something. But by and large, I eliminated, you know, all my liquid intake except, you know, uh, like I, I got even I got rid of a lot of juices and I got rid of soda and things of that nature. I basically just drank water. And at first, it was really like a chore almost because I wanted something with flavor. And then after actually after a brief amount of time. Um, I found that the only thing that ever would quench my thirst was water, period. In fact, I'm still completely that way. I don't even I don't even want flavored water. I just like the taste of water. I like the tastelessness of water. That to me is what is what you want when you when you want to you know like I said to me a, a, once in a while a glass of juice or something is appealing, but it doesn't quench my thirst. Water it quenches your thirst. So, but I the reason I bring that up is I did have to kind of retrain myself. You do, but once you, once you yeah. do it, it's hard. But just like anything else, I mean, I can say all my friends or the majority of my friends went through a four-year college program. That was work. That took a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of studying, a lot of work, but you did it. And now you live that sort of lifestyle. It's just, it's just a change of lifestyle, basically. And the thing with even weight loss or anything else or getting healthy in general is you have to want to do it. And if you want to do it, you have to take the steps that's necessary to do it and have to be disciplined. I understand not everybody's disciplined. I do bookkeeping for um, a a living that actually, you know, pays all my bills. (laughs) Um, And I can't tell you how many people don't balance their bank accounts. But that's another story. But you you have to want to do it. You have to take all the steps necessary to do it. And then it's just like anything else. It becomes a habit. You know, like I said, brushing your teeth, taking a shower on a daily basis. You you learn that. I mean, I, I teach my daughter. I, my daughter is um, almost two, and all she knows is eating healthy. She'll, we go to the farmer's market, and she'll be sitting there munching on a piece of broccoli. In fact, somebody came up to me last week when we were there and said, oh, my God, your daughter is munching on, she's eating broccoli? And I said, yeah, she loves it. You know, it's, it's whatever you get them used to. If you get them yeah. used to eating sugar, and I get so many people, most of my family actually, that pretty much just laughs at me because I feed her so healthily. See, it's all organic. She loves water, by the way. She doesn't uh, ever drink anything bad. She drinks raw goat milk, and um, and she just can't get enough of it. And you know, whatever you start your children out on is what they will go, you know, go with. And they might change when they're teenagers and they, you know, they see their friends eating stuff. But in general, then if they start eating fried foods or something like that, they're going to feel sick because their body's not used to it. And and hopefully, you know, <laughs> then they'll realize that they don't want to feel sick. You have a choice to feel sick. 
it's your choice to feel sick. It's your choice to be healthy. And you just have to take the steps, you know, and have to discipline it. And it's a lot of work, and it's a lifestyle change. But once you're done and you feel really good, I mean, you cleaned your entire house. You walked in, you had a really dirty house, and you cleaned your entire house. You scrubbed all your floors. You scrubbed all your walls. Would you want somebody coming walking through with muddy shoes? I don't think so. <laughs> it's the right. Same thing with your- yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And it, it it feels good to do that just as it feels good to to do this type of, of maintenance in that sense. And, you know, I, I always say to people, too, again, I know it's a lot of work um, at some levels, but, you know, I mean, you know, to me, like anything, don't you want your body to run at its peak performance and run as long and, and, and you know, as positively as possible in that sense? So what do you need to, you know, to do to take care of that? You know, for the most part, I even I even follow the logic of like I, I typically take my car in for um, uh, for oil changes and, and and to be checked out every like three or four months as well too because I even follow the same logic about that. I'd rather prepay it to keep it running than go through having it fall apart <laughs> at some point. And again, people you know, sometimes think I'm a little bit cuckoo bird in that sense, and I, I, I think almost everyone else is a little bit cuckoo bird in that way too. But I, I always say, well, you have a lot more free time than most people do. Well, then that's another thing. You know, what kind of life are you living if you are working 60 or 70 hours a week in that sense? Of course you're not going to have time to, to eat well or to do those things also. Uh, so, you know, th- these are deeper issues, I think, that, that everybody has to kind of look at. In, in some respects, and uh, really, really, really question, you know, what's right for them. But to me, you, you have to take care of the vehicle, in that sense, the, uh, you know, your your body in that way. Um, I need to actually say that. Can I can I tell you a quote that I was just thinking about sure. the other day? I kind of made it up, <laughs> and you know, because a lot of people, um, you know, they're really, really sick, and they, you know, they might call and say, you know, I want to lose weight, or I don't feel well. You know, what kind of herb can I take to make me feel better? <laughs> And I, and I was just thinking about, you can't just add oil. You just can't add one can of oil and expect the problem to, fix, to be fixed if your engine burns out. <laughs> you have to right. start from the beginning and build up and build up and build up. But there is an out. Just like those people that are on the, you know, the weight loss shows and stuff, you, and they're you know, 800 pounds. They're not going to be 100 pounds you know, or 200 pounds by, you know, in, in two months by taking a pill. It takes a lot of work. And um, and it was herbal medicine. Herbal medicine is is wonderful. It can really really help you in what you want to do. Like I said, in addressing all the different problems, emotional, uh, or emotional and a physical level. Absolutely. And I always thought that, and and you can correct me on this if I'm off kilter in 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 expressing this this way. But I think that one of the reasons, I think there's probably two reasons why people have difficulty with herbal medicine in that sense. The main thing being um, that it is a uh, they don't they don't have knowledge about it. You know, it's not right. as accessible. You know what I mean? You, you don't. That's not. You know, by and large, that's not what the average doctor prescribes. So people don't really have an awareness of of that in that context. The other thing I think, of course, is um, that herbal things often, to me, may take a little while before they work because they're working at changing. Um, something permanently and structurally, so that's not an instantaneous um, response. Is that? Would you agree with that? Right. Uh, you know, and that's exactly right. You have to be very patient. It took me. I was on an inhaler for my asthma for 23 years, and it took me about a year to get off of my inhaler. Now I've been off of it for uh, I think like seven or eight, seven or eight years. Um, but the way that I actually got off of it was I did, um, you know, I mean, every morning when I woke up in the morning, I had to have a cup of coffee and my inhaler to jumpstart my lungs in the morning. Right. They were that bad. And um, so I was just determined I was going to do everything. I had to give up dairy, which wasn't fun, you know, <laughs> but I was like, anything I can do because I'm just afraid that if, what if I get someplace and I don't have my inhaler with me? I'm in trouble. So I don't want to have to depend on any sort of medication, on any kind of anything, um, that I have to have. Even coffee, I got off of regular coffee because you just don't want to depend on it. But um, I, you know, it, it took me about a, a year, and finally they kept giving me different er, herbs in conjunction with acupuncture to get off my inhaler, and it just 
um, you know, everything else cleared up. My sinus headaches, I used to get four to five sinus headaches, horrible, horrible ones a week. Everything else cleared up by giving up dairy and doing the other herbs. And then finally, one day, they were just out of my herb, and they gave me a different one, um, and that was the trick. Three days later, I was off my inhaler after 23 years, and doctors will tell you that, Sarah, you're just going to have to be on inhaler the rest of your life because there's no cure for asthma in science. Well, <laughs> maybe not in American medicine, but Chinese medicine right. <laughs> different story. Um, but so, but you have to be patient sometimes and just try everything, even if it sounds silly. If you're a naturopath, says, you know what? Standing on your head five times a week will do da 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 da. Try it because it doesn't hurt. And it, and once right. you keep trying all different kinds of things, something is going to work. You just can't. That's the key is just not to give up. And if you try everything, something is eventually going to work. It takes a long time. They say that one month of cure or one month of treatment for every year of illness to help cure it. So you know you're not going to take a pill and your asthma is going to go away tomorrow if you if you don't if you don't live a healthy lifestyle in every other aspect. And it's funny that you say that also because like I'll give you another example of this and just in terms of the way that that people think that is um, sometimes blocking also. Um, I had some some dental work um, done a couple of years ago, and um, you know, of course, it, you know, modern dentistry, of course, is, is 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 pretty amazing in comparison to where it was years ago. I always, I sometimes I entertain people with the horror stories of some of the stuff I went through when I was like um, twelve and eleven at, at dentists, uh, when my mother trying to save a buck uh, back in the late seventies and early eighties. But anyway, that aside, um, I recently, a couple of years ago, I had some dental work done, and you know, it was uncomfortable for a couple of days, and they had given me um, pain, um, you know, pills to take in that sense, and I took one, and it really made me uncomfortable. So I never took them. In fact, um, that you know, every once in a while, I every time I, I get something to take, again, I usually don't take them. So it's really funny because I had someone ask me that too, and they said, "Why, you know, you've got the pain pills, aren't you in a little bit of pain?" And I said, "Because I think that the pain is almost necessary. Like it's mm-hmm. not killing me; it's uncomfortable. But what it's going to make me aware of is, you better believe I'm going to psychotically take care of my teeth now in the future." Right. Because of the pain. It's almost like to me it's almost like a reminder from the body in that sense that something's off kilter. And you know, and I I I like I said, even when I, I work with clients myself too, I, I'm definitely not an herbalist. I, I don't know uh, very much about that subject, but I do know about, you know, the emotional and psychological issues behind illnesses and things that we experience as well too, in that sense. And I complete agreement that you've got to take kind of a multi pronged approach toward healing, although I think one works backwards from the other. I think that if you, I think that if you take um, the right herbs and the right things in that sense, not only do they physically begin to shift and heal the body, but I think they also begin to shift your belief processes right, and right. the way you view things at the same time, also gradually. Right. I mean, meditation, um, too. Meditation, um, just the way that they don't know how it works, but you know, and they won't put it in the science books. But they will put t- put it in a lot of regular medicine. That regular meditation, even twenty minutes a day, will help you cope with stress better. You know, as as it comes along. And yeah, absolutely. Along. You know, I I always say I actually um, I nap anywhere from one to three times a day. Even if it's just for five or ten minutes, I, you know, I call it, you know, I mean, to me, it's my meditation time. Sometimes I fall asleep. Sometimes I just lay and clear my mind. Um, I do that very naturally all the time, and I, I, I think I learned that by watching cats and dogs and thinking <laughs> that they were happier in that sense. Because you know, I always say it this way, you know, be in this world but not of it, and also, you know, check in into the other world from time to time. Don't always be here. If you're not here and you kind of disappear in meditation or, you know, in nap or retreat in that sense, I guarantee you're going to be a happier person in that sense also. It's kind of that, that naturalness almost of, of, of shifting your, your psyche. Uh, you know, to me it's almost, you know, I look at it like I think our, our perceptions here are like a radio station. So it's changing the station for a little bit once in a while too and seeing what other kind of feel or insight you might get. And even if you don't get any insight, I think it's just the quietness 
that's healing. And that respect is, well, I've told people that have regular jobs who say, oh, you know what I mean, it's so crazy. I'm like, you know what, go to the bathroom, go into the stall and meditate (laughs) two minutes. That's a good idea. Actually, it's very funny. Actually, if you do that, you will go to the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. You have a bowel Mm -hmm. movement because you're letting go. And you can actually not get on that subject, but you can... You know, if you can't go to the bathroom for three days or whatever, if you just sit on the toilet and meditate and relax, and picture, like do guided imagery, you can, you're relaxing all of your, everything inside. And, you know, because sometimes the reason is just people are uptight, you know, and you're you're closed off and you're clenching, some, you know, your fist or you're clenching your shoulders or something like that and not even realizing it. And it's not letting your um, your GI tract move, flow freely. Yeah. That's a, that's a good suggestion. I, I have to I have to laugh because I don't think I almost have ever experienced constipation in my life. I, I've Period. never had not since I yeah, got healthy. Yeah, I don't. It, it doesn't make it doesn't make it, it. It's just not something that registers with me in that sense. I can pretty much always, you know what I mean. Like, you know, that's I don't know. I, I just think that's a very natural thing. Um, in fact, I always, you know, one, one of the things that's funny too is even um, like I I never had any real issues with alcohol in my life either. Because I um, I find that you know again an occasional drink or a glass of wine like I'm actually going to Vegas on Sunday and it's funny because sometimes I go by myself sometimes I go with a couple of friends and they of course will just pound down drinks oh, because God. it's free although that that is theoretically debatable whether it's free anyway too <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole other subject matter here but anyway but they'll they'll pound them down and they're always like they're always like you're such a wuss you'll have a drink and then I'll have like um, three waters a decaf coffee, and then I might have another drink like seven hours later. And they're always like, why are you such a, you know, why are you so so uh, so so lame, you know what I mean, when it comes to drinking? But I know for me that um, I think that I'm very, very aware of my, my liver kidney functions in that sense. <laughs> and, I, you know, I read many years ago that, it, that Sagittarius, some Sagittarius rules the liver and the kidneys and that area, so they can often have sometimes a weakness in that area. So because I realize I might, I'm very, very tuned into that in that sense. In fact, I feel like if I have too much, too many, too much alcohol, it feels like my um, my right side that it feels like it's moving wrong and that it's sluggish, and I could feel it in my body in a way that makes me uncomfortable. And again, I think people think I'm a little coo- uh, cuckoo, but I, I I don't think so at all. I think it's being tuned in, and I I also find that too much alcohol is disruptive to sleep patterns. That's definitely true. That's actually proven true in medical science. But I can't have more of them. I can, I can have one drink and that's about it. And after that, I just start getting sick to my stomach. And maybe it's because we've trained our bodies to only put things that are healthy in them. It's just like if you eat fried food now. Can you imagine eating like Kentucky Fried Chicken, what your body would feel like? Cause you're just oh, my God. It would be a, a living disaster. I don't why anybody would it go out and get trashed on purpose because it's kind of like giving, we thought it's kind of like giving yourself the flu on purpose <laughs> yeah conscious you know right i i i kind of get it when you're 18 or you're 22 you're 21 because i think part of that experience is is sometimes that that urge to push the limits of the body and to be rebellious in that sense so i think in some respects it could be natural i i feel the exact same way i find you know, even when I see, um, when I'm driving past like a Taco Bell or something and I look at all the people in the drive-thru and some of them are in their 50s and their 40s, I'm always like, you know, um, I don't want to insult Taco Bell here, but I'm always sort of amazed by that as well too because m- my body basically said no to fast food at about 23, 24. That was when um, my body basically pretty clearly told me what the result would be if I ate that stuff. And uh, without getting painfully graphic here, let's just say, uh, you know, not the best bowel movements you would ever want to experience in your life. And that's right. you know, horrifying. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, you just, like I said, you just get used to it and you're just, you think. I, I used to date a guy that um, ate pizza and drank a lot of alcohol and constantly had heartburn and he had really bad allergies and, you know, he ate all kinds of crap like that. And, um, and then I spoke with him, and I said, you know, maybe if you stopped eating all that stuff, and he would have to take medicine for the stuff. I said, maybe if you stopped eating that kind of stuff, then 
your it would just go away by itself. And he's like, huh? Like I never really thought about that concept. Right. <laughs> you know, I have heartburn pills and I take allergy pills, and you know, it's like, and there's so many alternatives. Like I said, preventative men preventative medicine. First of all, just don't eat that stuff. And there are also a lot of herbs that prevent, when we get back to like allergies and stuff, I take bee pollen every day. And I give my daughter bee pollen every day. That's a a big misnomer out there that children can't take herbs or pregnant people can't take herbs. Um, And again, that's something you would want to consult with your herbalist because most physicians don't, they they just say don't take it, you know, because they don't know. And there's no science and stuff like that. So um, but that's something that if you're if you don't want your child to be taking um, you know heavy doses of medication, there are so many herbs that are safe and protective and nourishing for children, for pregnant people, for nursing moms, um, and that's something that I could also help people um, get help people through. But bee pollen has, has pretty much changed my life <laughs> in a big way it, too. Yeah, I, I always thought that was. I always, when I heard that too, that that pregnant women shouldn't take um, herbs and and various other things too. I, I had a I had a friend of mine who a couple of years back who went through uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, cancer, and also he he wasn't allowed to touch any type of herbal thing, or things of that nature too. And I, I got to tell you, I was a little alarmed. Um, something sort of struck me as as odd in that context as well too. That that didn't really really make much sense. Um, but I think it's for the reason that you're talking about. Again, they don't have really the information on that in that sense. And, um, and the other part of it, too, is you mentioned the bee pollen thing. Actually, you know, I, I take bee pollen myself from time to time. I also uh, I learned years ago to make a point to um, also buy local honey. Oh, right, right. Local honey in my tea because I think that maybe there's an element of that within that as well, too, um, that is, is immune system enhancing. Um and I actually, I, 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 I love honey also, too, in that sense. I, don't, I, I can tell that there's a very different response my body has to honey as opposed to, um, to regular sugar. Right. Well, because um, honey has so many, and honey is like just a complete food. <laughs> it's, there's so many enzymes in there that are super healthy. There's, lots, there's proteins in there that are so many vitamins and minerals. Honey is good for honey is good for burns. People probably most people don't know that, but if you get burned, and you know most people don't have any. Obviously, I, I keep aloe and everything in my you know I grow everything right. in my yard. <laughs> but, right. um, but most people don't have that stuff. But usually, people have honey and or access easy access to it by the grocery store or even. Um, but if you buy local honey and you get burned, or if you uh, honey is an antibiotic it has antibiotic properties. So many good things about it. That's why. You know, people will say, well, you know, there's sugar in fruit and there's sugar in agave and there's sugar in honey and da da da. Yeah, but it's not white processed sugar. It's not right. the difference between taking a synthetic medication or an herb. That an herb will tot- your body will recognize it because there's nothing um, foreign. You know, your defenses don't say, oh, look at this chemical coming in my body. I better, you know, use some immune cells <laughs> to fight it. Right, to fend um, it off. Right. Absolutely. Even evaporated cane juice, you know, organic evaporated cane juice. And that brings to another point, actually, is organic foods versus, you know, regular foods. But um, organic evaporated cane juice is okay. You know, that's like the, that's what I would use, like, in last case scenario. But it, it's, it's better, anything is better than white sugar. And if you don't get started on white sugar, you know, most people, most kids are addicted to white sugar by the time they're two or three. Right. And then, 30 years later, I, I used to get yeast infections all the time, uh, like constantly. I, you know, you go to the doctor and oh, another, another one, here's, you know, here's a prescription. I was to the point where, like, the over-the-counter stuff wasn't even working. I had to get a prescription for stuff like that until I read a book called The Yeast Connection, and it said, give up sugar. <laughs> like, and I gave up, and I, I cut down on sugar, and my life changed. And I'm like, why didn't doctors tell me this stuff, <laughs> you know? Right. Stuff that you put they in the Yeah, yeah. That 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 that's always been that's one of my few demons that I have. Um, I've I've actually made some good progress. I I you know, I, I pretty once in a while I'll treat myself and have a piece of chocolate or I'll do something like that. But I've, I, I by and large have eliminated a lot of my sugar intake, especially because years ago I I had learned um, also that not only was it was it physically addicting 
sugar and damaging to the body, but also, of course, it had an emotional, psychological component behind it, and sugar triggers, um, like for people that mask feeling unlovable. So when people take sugar in, it often feels like love in that sense, and uh, that especially will make sense to anyone who, as a child, was rewarded with sweets. Right, right, right. Of like, you know, I grew up in a family where, my, where there were seven kids, my mother was busy, she had a lot going on in that sense, so sometimes to shut us the hell up, it would be to open the drawer and, and give us a candy bar or something. <laughs> and so I realized later on in life that there was a mental association for, with that as well for me, too. That, you know, I was loved. If I, if I, if I got to have pudding after I had <laughs> my dinner, I, was, I can feel loved. I, you know what I mean? And I, I started seeing the connection, and it was. It was very amusing. The light bulb started to go off that I often crave it when I feel like I'm not a good person or, you know what I mean, or, you know what I mean, all of that, that dynamic is dancing around in your psyche as well, too. That, that aside from the obvious physical addictive elements to it as well, too. So, again, like all things, of course, it's all interconnected. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it's just part of the, it's, you know, it's part of the plan if you need, if you want to get healthy. And, you, and, you know, and it's not saying that you have to make all these changes tomorrow, you know. <laughs> Making each right. change one by one, you know, you, I, I feel like um, you have to mentally want to do it and, you know, and, and be in the right place. Like, I, I gave up co- uh, regular coffee, caffeine, caffeinated coffee. Not to mm-hmm. say that I gave up all caffeine, because I eat, you know, chocolate. Uh, I, of course, I have to read all the labels to make sure that it's the chocolate. <laughs> but I eat chocolate, and, you know, and I drink green tea. Um, I, I drink green tea almost every single day, or, some, you know, some sort of tea almost every single day um, that has a little caffeine in there. But it doesn't affect me the same way that coffee did. You know, coffee right. just made me feel tired after. And it took realization, because I love I wasn't sure if I had the addiction to the caffeine or if the addiction was to just the, the warm feeling that coffee gives you if you have a cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. And but I would drink coffee and get tired. And I'm and and then it also gives you um lumpy, you know, uh, um lumpy breath. If you're a woman, I don't maybe a man too, but um a lot of times you'll have lump, like lumpy breath if you drink too much ca- too much caffeinated coffee. Right. And and so I would sit there in the morning and go, you know what, I just had a cup of coffee and I'm tired. And if that's not right, I need to figure out, i got to figure out a way to not drink coffee anymore, to not, you know, to get off of it. And there was a girl in my in my herbal class that, it's funny because people pass through our lives for a reason, and I really think that she was there just for that reason because she pretty much dropped out after a few months. But um, I started drinking Ticino, which is an herbal coffee, um, and totally replaced that with regular coffee. And you don't, you find out that you don't really need it for right. a while. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, every time I go back east to visit my family, um, you know, my, my family drinks a lot of coffee um, back, back in New York. Um, and I, I still, I don't have coffee every day. I have it maybe three days a week um, at best. I, I actually have a lot of tea, which I also, so I, I love tea now. It just took me a while to get into it. Now, of course, I love tea also. But when I make coffee, it's like three-quarters decaf if I make it at all and then just a little bit of regular coffee. So, of course, every time I go back east, my family are like straight um, <laughs> caffeine, 100% caffeine. Like, you know what I mean? They, you know, the decaf to them is like the Antichrist in that right. sense. Or just like a cosmic joke. Why would someone waste their time with something like that? I mean, and I... Um, <laughs> And I always laugh because every once in a while I'll, I'll you know, I'll be hanging out. I'm like, ah, you know, I'll have a second, I'll have a third cup of coffee. What does it matter? And then, oh, my God, I'm like a disaster for hours oh, in I, terms I, of how get, much it messes me up. Oh. Yeah, you get sick to your, you get, you get your whole body feels really shaky, you feel sick to your stomach. And and, so, and then so <laughs> some people might feel that way and then they, and they'll go and, you know, take a pill. <laughs> I have a stomachache. <laughs> Maybe it's because of the coffee. Yeah. I can't figure out why that's the case. Um, yeah, I, I think that caffeine um, masks a lot of things emotionally, too, which is why I think a lot of people are addicted to it. I think that that's one of its kind of properties is it it it, it, it speeds you up, but I think it masks a lot of things. I think it, you know what I mean, I think it, it masks fear. I think it, 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 you know, I think it masks anger. I think it masks a lot of things, too, temporarily for people, which is my theory as to why so many people are also addicted to it in that sense as well. 
but uh, but like I said, I, I have an extreme re- reaction to it. And, and I, yeah, I, I find teas work really, really well, and just occasionally coffee. Coffee to me is like a treat. I'll have it once in a while, um, and, again, I'll, I'll mostly do decaffeinated versions of it if I can in that sense. Um, right, well, just to okay. put it out there, Ticino is an that? herbal coffee. Ticino, T-E-E-C-C-I-N-O, is an herbal coffee, and it's sold at Whole Foods and Sprouts. Uh, sometimes has it, but usually it's oh, really? at Whole Foods. It's delicious. Yeah, all that's herbs. cool. I may, I may actually check that out. Uh, maybe I can uh, look at, at trying that out as well, too. Um, Okay, well let me um, let me let me throw this out here because we've only got about three four minutes left on the show. So uh, Andrea, I'd like you to um, do. Uh, it's time for what I like to call a shameless plug, but uh, more importantly, it's time. Uh, let, let, let's give, take a couple minutes just to let everyone know how how they can reach you, what the process of, of contacting Herbalist is about, and uh, give us some insight to our listening audience here of how they can get hold of you. Okay. Well, um, I think the best way actually to start out is um, I will give you my email address, which is it's herbaltime, H-E-R-B-A-L, and then time like the spice, T-H-Y-M-E, 2002 at AOL.com. Um, and if you want to email me um, for more information, we can uh, set up the process would be we would set up an appointment, you know, to meet wherever you would feel comfortable, whether it be a coffee shop, um, your house, my house, depending on, you know, depending if you live in the same <laughs> in the area. Right. Um, and we would go through a series, you know, we would just go through your whole basic like health history, um, and the things that you do on a regular basis, all the systems of your body, and then we would you know, try to come up with some sort of beginning to a plan. Um, the, the first step, like I said, is motivation. You have to um, you have to want to m- and be prepared to make some changes in your life. Um, so that's how I would you know that's how I would start with uh, with the consultation. And um, the first consultation um, is sixty dollars. Um, we spend maybe like an hour getting to know each other. That's great. Uh, are you still there? I think you might have gotten disconnected. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you could still hear me. You might have gotten disconnected. Uh, yeah, she got disconnected. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see if she calls back in. I've only got about two more minutes, so I'm going to um, I'm going to uh, do our closeout anyway, too. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would also suggest uh, for for anyone um, to uh, also you know even if you're not necessarily local here in Phoenix, I'm sure you can reach Andrea and probably do. A consultation uh, by phone and talk to her that way. Um, I highly recommend uh, that. Um, I, 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 I let me get her back online here. Uh, I highly recommend that anybody, um, you know, uh, you know, really talk to an herbalist in that sense because you'd be surprised at at how many things this can help and 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 heal and fix. Andrea, I, I know you got disconnected, right? Yes, <laughs> right oh, at the end. <laughs> That's all right. We, we, we're going to be signing out in one more minute. We got, we got the last bit of your message, so that was good. Uh, sometimes that doesn't happen once in a while. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, like I was saying, absolutely. Uh, feel free to, to contact, uh, contact Andrea through her website um, and connect with her that way. Again, whether you're local or even out of area, um, I, I cannot recommend this enough um, that there's so many things that can be resolved this way. It's mind-boggling. So um, it really is something to open yourself up to. So, uh, Andrea, thank you for being here today. Thank you very much. Yes, it was great having you um, uh, having you on. Uh, as I always say, an hour quickly here. So, um, uh, anyway, okay. So uh, again, everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Um, if you didn't catch us live, you can catch us on the archives here. And uh, I will actually be. Um, I will not be here next week. I am going to be in Vegas, so I don't get back until Thursday, so I think I'm going to skip the show, but I'll be back again uh, the following week for my regular scheduled show. So, as always, thank you for tuning in. Please check out uh, Andrea's um, uh, uh, info uh, through her website and her web address to ask questions directly. Again, It's I'm actually not a website. That's my email address. Oh, just the email. Okay, so contact her directly through um, 
through her email, and you can get some information about that. And as always, thank you, everybody, for tuning into Snake Oil Radio. I hope we catch you again the next time, and have a great night. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay. So, uh, oh, great. Good show. That was really good. Good. All right. Yeah. So this will this will go to um, we're we're uh, we're we're off the uh, we're off the air. I'm glad that it only did that at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was good. <laughs> Point that out. Um, yeah. Right. Right. Whenever when the show ends this way, uh, we're we're still on, but we're not like it won't record into the archive. So. Oh. Okay. Okay. After effect, but. Uh, again, yeah, good show. Um, I, you know, a lot. I usually have a whole bunch of uh, normal regulars in too, but there was a couple of different people that bobbed in and out, and I, don't, I have no idea how many people are listening live. But um, uh, there's probably a lot because I posted it on my Facebook. So probably what's a that? lot of my friends. And, uh, I posted it on my on my Facebook comment. Right. Yeah, I have to remember to to do that as well too. I, I mean, I, I obviously I put it through on my newsletter, but. A lot of times, I know I hear this from clients. Well, oh, I'm going to tune into your show, and then they forget, and you know what I mean. Uh, so anyway, uh, but uh, like I said, that, that's one of the good things is you, you, I'm sure you get some response from it because I have a. I noticed that, um, like I checked before we got on air, and like the last show that I did, there were only uh, about maybe 11 people that that caught it live, and now it's up to uh, 67 people that wow, have gone into awesome. the archive. So often. Uh, I have one show that I did. I don't even know why it was so popular, but I had 489 people backlog listen to it in that sense, which is just mind-boggling to me because that doesn't count iTunes, um, which I have no register of being able to see how many people download the podcast on iTunes as well. So, Right. Anyway. Oh, I know. Yeah. That was, yeah. I thought that went really well. I felt comfortable. I was kind of nervous beforehand, but then I felt really comfortable because I felt like we were just having a conversation on the phone. Yeah, that's you know what I, I I often get that from guests because every once in a while someone will say that too. They'll ask me. They'll be like, you know, can we just have a little brief talk before or something? I'm like, nah, because I <laughs> I've done this for a long time. I even did a you know years ten ten twelve years ago I did a a public access talk show like this. I mean I've done it a lot, and you'd laugh because even if you saw the notes that I take beforehand, you just roll because literally like about five minutes before we get on air, I'll sit down and write like three notes down. And that's right. okay. I wrote a couple notes down. Well, <laughs> uh, I just find that a lot of times um, there, it's just more natural to kind of just see where things flow and answer questions as they go, and, and just kind of have a conversation. I think that that's what makes the um, the show stronger. Um, without right. it being rehearsed in that sense, I think you never know where it's going to kind of go. Um, and again, I think it's like I said, it's a much stronger kind of a feel for people. So that's one of the reasons why I would say, oh, don't relax. It's just having a conversation with me and some people listen, you know. Right, right, right. And I, try, I tried not to get off in too many tangents. It's hard because I'm so excited about the subject. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, of course. You want to cover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's always a, right, absolutely. I, 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 you know, this is my, when I do the interview shows, I the show's an hour. Otherwise, I actually only do 45-minute shows. Um, I always mm-hmm. extend the shows to an hour for the interview shows. But, um you know, it goes by awful fast, and the only thing I have to be conscious of for me here is sometimes when I do interview shows, um, I get a lot of people that kind of want to get, like, little mini readings. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So my only little pet peeve is I don't want them to ask me questions when I have a guest. Right, it, right, right. You know what I mean? That, on the other shows, you can ask me questions, talk to my guests in that sense, but... Um, you know, one of the things I'm working on is is getting the show um, uh, more recognized, so more people tune in when we're live. But again, I've been actually pretty happy with the results so far because the uh, we have a much stronger following in archive, which is also equally cool. You know what I mean? And uh, sometimes, um, uh, as much as I love taking live callers, sometimes uh, people can be a little hard to reel in in some respects as well too where they you know what I mean or they they'll call in and you know the um the phone Hold on one second cuz my babysitter's calling in. Hold huh? on one second, okay? Hold on one second.
Sorry, that was my babysitter. She had, she took my, she took Jasmine to the to the park with my car, and even when she did hear, she she ended up like setting the alarm off, and she couldn't figure out how to get it back off. <laughs> right, that's funny. Actually, you know what? And it's just funny when you did that too. Um, I realized that I could have tweeted that the show was running also too, and I didn't. I got to remember to do that before the shows go on. Only problem I find with Twitter. The Twitter, though, oh, yeah. is a lot of people who follow you on Twitter are following you because they want you to follow them, too. Um, it's really actually kind of annoying uh, <laughs> to me in that sense. They, people, there's, uh, I, I call them, I, I, I call them uh, 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 Twitter, Twitter um, uh, follower collectors. I, I think, like, any I mean, people. Facebook is kind yeah. of like, is like Twitter, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it, it's actually I, I I do I tweet once in a while, but I I find that it's a very limited media to work with. Also, because I, as you can tell by having conversations with me, I tend to talk a lot and and run on. So you know, when you're limited to like 14 words, it's very hard to get anything across of any value to me with it. In that sense, right. so not really one of my favorite uh, places to uh, to pop things out. But you know, the column that I do um, regularly, I actually have almost 800 people getting the column now snake oil so oh, that's, that's great. a better place to dialogue and to you know and to advertise things anyway so right yeah i don't know if i could like i mean facebook has totally changed my life <laughs> yeah facebook is good. so many of my facebook friends is... live in michigan <laughs> yeah no facebook is great i think facebook is a, a completely different uh, medium to work with it's much more uh socially responsive in that sense i, th- I said uh, twitter to me has become a little bit more of an addiction for people trying to, you know, say something really witty in, in, in a few words in that sense. In few so, words. Course, yeah, it irritates me a little bit. So I, I do it, but again, I have to kind of remember that it's there. So. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, well, again, great yeah. show. So um, I'll let you go, and uh, I'm going to have my dinner here. So anyway, thanks, for, right. uh, thanks for the show. Oh, thank you so much. That was so much fun. I appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good night. All right, you too. Peace. Bye-bye. All right, you peace. Bye-bye.